0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Nerdy in the Bedroom with still just me, Still just me. If you listen to the last episode, you know we're doing a little bit of a KJ double feature today to give you the content that you so want. Don't don't lie. You can you can tell us. It's fine. Anyway, so yeah, in the last uh, episode I talked about the Scream franchise. In this episode, we're actually going to be talking about M Night Shyamalan movies, who obviously most people know from 6 Sense. Before we jump right into that, I will say that Our next episode, which should be filming this Thursday, will be our one-year special, which will be episode 52, 52 weeks in a year. It's going to work out, even though I wanted it for our 50th, but we can't always get what we want. So, uh, yeah, we've got something special planned for that, so we're going to be taping that this coming Thursday, and then that'll be airing a week from Monday, if you're listening to this the day this released. So, yeah, in a week. Anyway, so now let's get into the actual movies that I'm here to talk about, which are M. Night Shyamalan movies, and he has quite a few that he's done. Um, some are good, some are great, some are terrible, but we're going to talk about the, the ones that I've seen anyway, and especially the ones that obviously put him on the map, um, which was The Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense was a fantastic movie with Bruce Willis from 1999 that... I don't think I've talked to a single person that knew that twist coming and it those are the type of movies that I absolutely love and obviously it was one thing that M. Night was known for too after that movie is that he's always going to have a twist which actually probably is detrimental to him if he ever wanted to do anything else but that, that Sixth Sense movie was so good. The acting by Bruce Willis. The acting by the kid that now I'm blanking on his name. Is it Haley Joel Osment? Now i got to look it up real quick. It is Haley Joel Osment. Um, through that whole movie was great. The fact that they spoon-fed us everything that he was actually dead the whole time, I had no idea. And going back and re-watching it a second or a third time and seeing all those clues that they try to like give us the information that he's actually dead to the point that even M Knight and others thought they were kind of giving away the information. When Haley Joel says that he sees dead people and that some of them don't even know they uh, know that they're dead. He thought he was blatantly telling everybody and we were all just hook, line and sinker for the whole movie until that reveal at the end. where We're like, Holy shit. Can't believe that just happened. Um, So that was, like, the movie uh, that really put him on the map. I mean, he had directed a couple movies before that, but, like, that was his biggest thing that he was known for, Um, was that movie to begin with. I also know that he obviously had written some movies, like Stuart Little, he did the rewrite for She's All That. Um... Without directing them. Now, he's mostly known for directing and writing, potentially even directing, writing, and producing a lot of the movies. Um, like Sixth Sense, he he wrote and uh, directed. But then you get a movie that, uh, i it's a movie that to me still holds up, even though I haven't seen it in a while, uh, which is Unbreakable. Again, with Bruce Willis, uh, more of a comic book uh, superhero type of movie before comic book superhero movies were everywhere because this movie was, yeah, 2000. So uh, there might have been a Spider-Man out then. I don't remember when the first one came out. But uh, a movie with Bruce Willis where he learns that basically has this supernatural uh, ability where he can kind of like touch people and kind of know things that they've done or will do um, along with having crazy strength that he's never even really noticed until he's in like his forties and, um, it's just really good. You've also got Samuel Jackson in it, who plays the villain, who I didn't see as being the villain. It was another twist moment for me. Granted, at the time, I was 12, but I, I didn't see that one coming, even though looking back at it, watching it, I should have. It was pretty obvious that he was like uh, going to be a big bad in the movie, because he's the only other well-known actor in it. Um, but still, great movie. Then you fast forward a couple years and you got signs. Signs is a movie that all about aliens with Mel Gibson and Crop Circles. And there's a few moments in that movie where I actually got like scared and jumped. Uh like the hand coming underneath the door or where the alien first like walked um, in front of the cameras from down in like Brazil or something. Those those type of moments were very freaky, um, especially when you're thinking about extraterrestrial life forms. Um, I wasn't a giant fan of all the water being around the house or the swing away nonsense and all that stuff. I more prefer scary movie making fun of that with the girls um, that it- deputy's hat keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the movie i more prefer that than uh those few scenes in signs but mostly i enjoyed signs i thought signs was a good thriller movie um, that just didn't have a great payoff it had an okay payoff but didn't have a great one um then you fast forward another couple years and you get the village which sucked. I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody liked that movie. I fucking hated it. Didn't like that movie at all where they're in a village and it looks like you're in olden times. But then you find out that you're not. It's actually in like present day. And it's it was just so obvious. And it was just not good. I I hated all of it. Um, from there, you had Lady in the Water. Which I really wanted to like. Um a movie that tries to play into the tropes of his other movies, but then go in a different direction that doesn't really work. Um, because they're supposed to be figuring out who's who and what's what, and then it ends up being completely to other people based on other factors. And yeah, it just didn't, it didn't land. And it was one of those movies like from the village and lady in the water. And then the next movie, especially the happening had, they're just not great movies uh the happening I had a lot of promise like all the previews showed a bunch of like plants killing people but just by some of the stuff that they were giving off you don't really get to know that until you watch the movie but the the previews were showing people killing themselves in like gruesome ways jumping off buildings laying in front of a lawnmower a bunch of this Just crazy stuff. That's very interesting. And then it turns out that the Planters are trying to kill us because we're killing the planet. and, eh. And then some terrible acting from Mark Wahlberg. Like, probably one of his worst movies. And it's... Oh, it's bad. I don't know if he just phoned it in or if he thought that that's the way you do drama. I don't know. It was just not good. But that's like three misses in a row for him. And then he had The Last Airbender, which I don't believe anybody liked like I don't even remember if I saw this movie or not I just remember like absolutely everybody ripping on it like I don't think that it was one of those movies that people cared about um and it made a mockery of like a lot of the stuff that they were doing um yeah, it holds an approval of 5% right now in Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, it, it's not good. It's not good at all. So he, like, continued to go on a downswing, and then uh, there was the movie Devil, and I don't think he directed that. Um I don't remember, uh, I don't remember if he wrote it or not, but I know he was attached to it, and I didn't mind devil, it all mostly takes place in an elevator that stops with a bunch of people in it, and one of them ends up being, like, the devil, or possessed, um, and slowly kills everybody else, um... It's it's okay if you don't take it overly too seriously. The twist is meh, and it doesn't really matter. But it's it's okay. It's it's yeah. It's whatever. Then you had After Earth, which was a huge bomb too. That wasn't a thriller. That wasn't anything. That was a movie with Will Smith and his son, and that was just a garbage movie. So he went from like having like boom 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 really good movies with Six Sense, Unbreakable, Signs to then village lady in the water happening airbender devil after earth. it's just so bad um then you had a, a movie called the visit which i don't remember i don't think i saw it in theaters i think i eventually saw it when it came out on some streaming platform and i actually liked it and did get some chills um while i was watching it because the premise is these kids haven't seen or haven't met their grandparents because they had a falling out with their mom the mom uh, puts them on like a train or something, and the grandparents pick them up um, at the location. They bring them home, and things are fine for a little bit, but then things start to get weird and it keeps getting weirder, weirder, weirder. Uh, they're FaceTiming with their mom, but the camera's not exactly working, so she can only hear. Um, eventually you find out that the grandparents aren't the real grandparents, and that is a chilling moment, because um, you kind of suspect that, but when the mom says it, yeah, it's super creepy. Um... And you find out that there are these people that, um, that the grandparents, I think, were um, uh, doing some charity work for, um, ended up killing them because they had talked about the, the family so much and that's what they wanted, and... Um, but it, yeah, it's it's okay, it's it's fine, it's nothing amazing. You're not gonna write home about it, but it did have that one moment where it sent chills down my spine, which I like because I I enjoy that feeling when I'm not necessarily expecting it. Even though in this one, it, it's the only thing that made sense, but it was kind of interesting to actually see it play out in front of you and see like the kid's actual like terror in that moment. Um, from there goes like probably his best movie since. Unbreakable or Signs, I mean, and it's probably better than um, Signs, but is Split, and Split I really liked, uh, about multiple personalities, it had James McAvoy in it, uh, who was fantastic there's like 20 something personalities within him so he's acting all these different characters out and there's a few of them where he's just fantastic in it and it seems like it's all in his head and then eventually it gets more supernatural-ish especially when they let out like the beast or whatever it's called and then it goes on like a rampage with murder and then eventually escapes and it ends up being one of those movies that then they tie in to um, Unbreakable. So at the very end of the movie, you see Bruce Willis like out a coffee shop, and they're on the news is about what's going on with this and uh, this beast character. So then they tie it together, and then they do another movie like three years later called Glass, which brings all three characters back together, which was a let down because i was super excited because i loved unbreakable as i said earlier and then split was pretty good especially for being an m night movie like i enjoyed so many aspects of the movie so then you have glass where you bring everybody back together and you do this and it didn't work it didn't land they tried to have these extra mysteries and everything else and it just uh, it was crap um I know what they were going for, and I just, for me, it didn't land, and especially because there's not going to be anything afterwards for it, at least right now. Um, So, yeah, it just, like, they had all this hype after Split to do this and, like, pay it off in a good way, especially connecting these two movies that were well-received, and, eh, eh, just eh. Uh, following Glass, though, there's another movie called Old. This is one I have not seen. I do know it's about going to, like, a private beach. The kids go swimming, and they get older. And something else is going on, but I have no idea. I know that most people that I've talked to that have seen it have been like, meh, but they didn't want to ruin the ending for me. I'll probably watch it eventually. It's, like, a couple years old at this point. But it's not one of those things that I'm, like, dying to go see. However, the movie after that which was knock at the cabin I was actually super excited to see um had Dave Batista in it and who's a former wrestler so obviously I watched him through his time in WWE and then he moved on to acting and he did some roles where he was meh and then he was able to show some of his acting chops within Guardians but he was more or less supposed to be like a a more funny character um in a superhero universe but then he did some other movies um including this one where you got to see his acting range and it, it's it's pretty good he, he's definitely it's gonna be hard to say yeah he's probably a better actor than the rock and maybe that's not that hard to say the rock is known for certain type of roles and being these big gigantic type of movies where all always the badass i'm sure there's a clause in his contract that says he can't lose a fight or some of that nonsense um but, yeah, Batista's acting range is, seems to have surpassed it. Um, the Rock's ability and John Cena's ability. Like, he's probably the best actor out of them, although uh, John Cena's comedic timing is fantastic, so don't sleep on him for comedies like Trainwreck and, um, oh, that movie on Hulu. Oh, I can't remember their name, but it's about, like, going on a honeymoon and meeting up with a couple, and it's, oh, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Knock at the Cabin is this movie where this gay couple and their adopted daughter are vacationing in a cabin in the woods. And then eventually these four people show up um, and try to get them to sacrifice one of them. Like they have to make the choice themselves to sacrifice one of their group to save the world. And it plays off on this theme that they're profits slash they're also crazy um, that you shouldn't really listen to them because some of the stuff that they're saying, see, I told you this would happen, were things that were already happening that was previously recorded. Um, there were some other stuff that they just knew. Um, they, they also added in a random coincidence meeting between one of the characters that was gay and the guy who played... Um, ron in harry potter i can't remember his name in real life um where they had an incident at a bar where the straight guy beat the hell out of the gay guy i don't know why they added this into the movie if there was if the connection didn't mean anything it was just i guess supposed to give like another element like hey you shouldn't believe this it was just meh um but this movie was supposed to like get you to think that it wasn't happening, but it was happening. And I expected some twist at the end and probably because it's M. Chamelon, That's why I was expecting the twist, but the twist at the end just was that it actually was real. So one of them ends up sacrificing themselves and saving the world after the other four people die. Um, and they all have to basically sacrifice themselves because they saw a vision that all this stuff was going to happen. So it has to play out the same way if they want a chance of saving society. And so eventually they all die and Batista is the last one. And then he kills himself and tells them that once this, once the end of the world starts and planes start falling out of the sky and all this other stuff, like they only have a few minutes to act. So they do. And one of them dies or one of them basically lets the other one kill him and then everything kind of goes back to normal. It just didn't land the way I wanted it to. I went to the theater and saw it, which is the first time that I think I've been to the theater for an M. 9 movie in a very long time. But I was actually excited, but I thought it was a very interesting premise. I was interested to see how Batista would do in this dramatic type of role. Um, there were a few other characters that I've seen in, um, excuse me, actors that I've seen in other things. And I was interested in how they were going to portray these characters And yeah, it just didn't, it didn't work. I thought I was expecting more and it just, none of it, none of it, none of it was good. And that was also a day where a buddy of mine went and saw two movies in theaters, 80 for Brady, which was awful. Uh, Clearly not me as the demographic for that movie, but I was still expecting it to be funny and more NFL based rather than the outside of the NFL based based on the previews, which was done on purpose, obviously. Uh, Saw Knock at the Cabin, which was disappointing and... It was a thriller, but it wasn't. It wasn't even close to a thriller. And then went home that night and tried to watch a better movie and watched Meg, and Meg was terrible as well. So three terrible movies in one day, and I figured one of them would be a savior. So we did the thriller first, so it's either going to have a good twist ending, and no matter what, you're good for the rest of the day, or it's going to be bad, but the comedy should at least save the, the day for movies because it's funny. And then you fast forward to Meg, which is supposed to... If no one's seen Meg or the trailer for Meg, you get a uh, a doll that is mechanical that has its own AI system that eventually wants to like protect this little girl and goes crazy and does some killing. There's only like one or two cool scenes in that whole movie, and most of it's just just terrible. Even though it made a lot of money, people are going to go see the second one. Maybe I'm in the minority, but it's just bad, and I wasn't a fan of it at, at all. But anyway, three terrible movies back to back to back, and. I was hoping for something from M. Night to just, you know, let my teeth sink into it. My buddy and I were talking after the movie, and we were talking about what we kind of would have liked to see at the end of the movie, which is certain of the stuff um, from early in the movie kind of tying back in, where even though it is all fake, it actually was real too. That would have been a cool thing where Ron's character... um, Because he did have that issue with this gay guy years ago, like it would have been interesting that if he tracked him down, did all this stuff, um, got all these people to believe this fake dream and they had like a shared psychosis, but it actually was something that was happening. That would have been a little bit more interesting if the little girl would have died just accidentally. That would have been at least a more like heart wrenching moment than what happened. And yeah, I don't know i feel like his early movies had such good twists and such good turns that were holding him to that standard as you should if that's what you're gonna that's what that's what you're gonna be known for um but they just it just didn't land in these last few and i've i've mostly seen all of his movies it's, i thought there was like a bunch that i probably hadn't seen but he has so many. Movies that I've seen at this point, I just, the only ones I don't think, I've, I haven't seen Praying with Anger, I haven't seen Wide Awake, but those were the early ones before The Sixth Sense. I haven't seen, uh, I don't remember if I saw The Last or I just just know everybody hated it, and I haven't seen Ola. So there's like three to four movies I haven't seen out of his whole uh, catalog, and it just, yeah... Stick with the early ones. I mean, and then you can add Split onto that, but ignore Glass and just deal with those ones. He's got another one coming out. I don't know when it's going to come out. It's called A Vanishing uh, at Cattle Lake, so I'm sure there'll be a twist in that one too, especially if you're talking about A Vanishing. Um, but I know that one he just produced and didn't direct or write, so who knows? It's, it's hard to tell with those movies, but I'll probably see it because I always want that movie that that gets me. It's one of the reasons I mentioned it in the previous podcast about the Scream franchise when I was talking about my favorite horror uh, my favorite horror franchise in Saw, where the twist at the end just was like holy shit. Um, and M Night was known for that, so those movies I'm more like okay, let's let's have that holy shit moment again, where I can't believe what I just saw, and it just proves that people are able to. Weave a story so intelligently that then you can't see what's right in front of your face. Or they drop clues throughout the whole thing. And I don't want them to be like shoved down my throat clues. But just little things that then if you go back and watch, it's almost like an Easter egg. Except that it's about like the entire story. Um, So we'll see what his next ones do. Like I said, I'll probably see them, but... I'm gonna stick with the old ones. Like if you if you have to watch an M9 Shyamalan movie in the last decade, I, I'd stick with Split. Um, if you can go all the way back, then yeah, Six Sense. Even though after the first couple watches, probably not worth watching. Unbreakable still holds up. Um, but yeah, yeah, M9 Shyamalan. It's it's hit and miss. He he's a well known person now because of all this. He has worldwide fame. Um, but yeah, I think some of that is detrimental to um, to his success because everybody has these expectations. I know I do. I know my buddy did. I think that's why we both went there. We're interested in the premise of the newest movie and just let down by the end. And endings are hard anyway. And when you put that extra baggage on yourself that you have to make like a perfect ending that has a twist, uh, it, you're not going to please everybody. And I definitely wasn't pleased. Um, so this one's going to be a bit shorter than the last episode more or less cuz i've just run through all those movies um so but when you add these two episodes together it's like one full episode that we normally do normally we talk for like an hour hour 15 both of these together will be about an hour or so. So you still have the chance to, on your morning commute or while you're taking a shite in the bathroom to, to listen to me chat for a while. Uh, we will be back with all three of us, hopefully, barring any other issues that I don't foresee, um, to do the, our one-year podcast episode. I already have the studio set up, which is set up a little bit differently than we normally do for this one-year episode. So hopefully everything goes off without a hitch. And because Corey and Mike don't usually listen to this very often, I also have something for them. Don't ruin that if you are listening. And hopefully, Mike and Corey don't randomly listen to this episode. Um, But yeah, I do have something for them that they will receive during the one year episode that we will talk about during the one year episode as well. So yeah, that's going to do it for me. uh, And yeah, we'll be back for the one year episode that you'll listen to next week. (laughs)